Hey, it's Drex from This Week Health Cyber and Risk Community, and I want to invite you to our next webinar. It's going to focus on what else? Defending health data. I'll be chatting with experts from Rubrik and Microsoft. Register right now at thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. That's all one string, R-U-B-R-I-K webinar, thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. See you online soon. Today in health IT, Biden administration to end COVID-19 public health emergency in May. What does that mean for your health system? My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite, two great companies. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Having a child with cancer is one of the most painful and difficult situations a family can face. In 2023, to celebrate five years at This Week Health, we are working to give back. We will be partnering with Alex's Lemonade Stand all year long. We have a goal to raise $50,000 from our community. We are already at 10,000 for the year, and we ask you to join us. Hit our website, and in the top banner, you will see a logo for our Lemonade Stand. Click on that and give today. We believe in the generosity of our community, and we thank you in advance. All right, we knew this day was coming, and it is upon us. So let's go ahead and see what the Becker's Hospital Review, that's the article I'm going to start with, Biden administration to end COVID-19 public health emergency in May. The Biden administration has informed Congress, blah, 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 it will end in May. May 11th, actually, signaling an end of the pandemic crisis era and unwinding of federal flexibilities that reshaped the nation's healthcare system. And that's gonna be the key for us, federal flexibilities, and what does that mean with those going away? At present, the administration's plan is to extend the emergency declaration to May 11th and then end both emergencies on that date. The Office of Management and Budget said in a January 30th statement, this wind down would align with the administration's previous commitments to give at least 60 days notice prior to the termination of the PHE, which is great, but we knew this day was coming. It's not a huge surprise that it is here. Uh, over the last three years, the PHE has played a significant role in the influence of national healthcare policy. It reformed telehealth and expanded who can use it, fast-tracked approvals of COVID-19 vaccines and treatments, and preserved healthcare coverage for millions of Medicaid beneficiaries nationwide. HHS has renewed the PHE every 90 days since January of 2020, with the most recent renewal declared on January 11th. So telehealth is one of those things that's going to be interesting, and we'll come back to that. And and I think we'll we'll talk about some of the other things. But for the most part, it's going to be about reimbursements. It's going to be about it's going to be about the flow of funds essentially to the health system from the lens of the provider. That's the lens we're looking at right now. All right, it goes on. Those states could not disenroll people from Medicaid during the PHE. Congress passed a $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill in December that detached the federal policy from Medicaid redeterminations starting April 1st. States will begin redetermining who is and is not eligible for Medicaid a process that could leave up to 18 million people without health coverage over the span of about a year. The spending bill also extends Medicare telehealth flexibilities through 2024. 
which previously would have ended 151 days after the PHE expired. Okay, so this is going the, the telehealth reimbursements are going through 2024. I think this is one of the biggest benefits or silver lining, I shouldn't say benefits, silver linings of the pandemic is we now have a plethora of data on telehealth. What worked, what didn't work, what caused fraud, what didn't cause fraud. So now we're not dealing in the hypothetical anymore. We're dealing in the actual. We can actually look at data. This is my my rant for 2023, I believe. Uh, we can actually look at data. Where does telehealth work? Where does it increase access? Where does it reduce costs? Where does it provide a better experience for the clinicians? We have a ton of data. From 2020 to 2024, we expanded telehealth and its use uh, with with reimbursements uh, that essentially gave us a, a runway to see what could work and what couldn't work. Now, here's my guess. The omnibus spending bill goes through 2024 for, for the telehealth flexibilities, but my guess is that will be revisited and looked at when we get closer to that 24, 24 timeline. If not, shame on us. We should look at it and see you know, what's working, what didn't work, where should we continue funding, where should we drop funding because it does not have any added value. I think we, we're lazy when we just look at it as telehealth and say, well, telehealth should be funded. Telehealth is a huge category covering a lot of different technologies, a lot of different uh, access methods, processes, telephone, video, uh, doctor to doctor, uh, consults, you name it, telehealth covers a, a myriad of different approaches to delivering care. And so you can't talk about it with, with one big brush and say telehealth should be extended and funded. You have to actually step back and look at each one of those things break it out and say, where did it help? Where did it not help, right? So anyway, spending bill extends Medicare telehealth flexibilities through 2024, which previously would have ended. We talked about that acute hospital care at home waivers and flexibilities were also extended for two years through 2024, similar to telehealth. The deadline for hospital at home waivers was tied to the status of the PHE. More than 250 hospitals have been approved by CMS to participate in the acute hospital care at home program. And I think I think this is the wave of the future, actually. I believe this is how CMS plans to continue to drive costs out of the equation. Now, clearly not every home is appropriate for acute hospital care, but they're for those where it does make sense. It does drive the cost down a little bit. Uh, plus is a significant satisfier. COVID-19 tests and vaccines were covered for most Americans at no cost during the PHE, but the federal, federal government has planned to shift much of these costs to the commercial market in 2023. Once the PHE ends, Medicare enrollees will generally face out-of-pocket costs for at-home tests and treatments, but vaccines would largely remain free to those with Medicare, Medicaid, and commercial insurance. Medicaid programs will still cover physician-ordered tests, but treatments will incur a fee. Commercially insured individuals can receive free treatments until federal supplies run out. And I'm not sure when that would be. I remember in the beginning, they ordered a ton. So I don't know. I don't know what the shelf life is and I don't know what that number's gonna be. 
Commercialization would also leave the over 26 million uninsured individuals in the U.S. with major disadvantages in accessing free vaccines and treatments. Moderna and Pfizer have floated commercial vaccine prices of up to $130 per dose. Mm. The PHE's termination will also mean states, which, by the way, just means those 26 million people will not seek out the vaccine. The PHE's termination will also mean states will no longer be required to report COVID-19 data to the CDC. A senior official with the Biden administration told ABC News that the CDC will be reaching out over the next few months to urge them to continue sharing data voluntarily. So they won't be compelled to, but they can voluntarily. And I'm not sure why they wouldn't. I mean, we've set up the mechanisms. It's just, uh, you know, it's just maintaining those pipes. As long as the CDC doesn't change the back end too dramatically and the pipes were built correctly up front and they're not brittle, uh, there's no reason why we shouldn't continue to share that data. All right, it goes on. News of the declarations, tentative end comes as flu, COVID-19, and respiratory a virus which have strained hospitals for months appear to have peaked. In September, President Joe Biden declared the pandemic over amid a decline in cases, uh, in case totals and deaths. It's been a heavy flu season and a significant time for other illnesses. Chip Kahn, President and CEO of Federation of American Hospitals, told Beckers on January 11th, I do think we're fast approaching a point where there will be heightened COVID-19 surges, but this will be part of the routine. It's becoming integrated with hospital activity, especially with the drugs treatments knowledge at this point. On January 30th, the World Health Organization determined COVID-19 remains a public health emergency while also acknowledging the pandemic is probably at a transition point. The WHO's emergency committee recommended the agency work with stakeholders on a proposal for how to maintain focus on COVID-19 once its emergency declaration is terminated. Uh, None of this is a surprise, by the way. In 2020, we looked at previous uh, pandemics in uh, countries all around the world, pandemics, obviously, around the world, and most of them had a lifespan of about three years. They were horrific, but they lasted roughly about three years. Now, we didn't know what we didn't know about COVID, but Essentially, just looking historically, we were saying three years, develop antibodies, get through this, vaccinations, vaccines, and whatnot. Uh, We felt like this was the timeline. So I say all that not to get political, but to say from a technology standpoint, because this podcast is about the intersection of technology and healthcare, we knew this day was coming. Okay, so it should not come as a surprise to us that things are going to change around the reimbursements. And things are going to change around, uh, you know, data being shared. Things are going to change, you know, around telehealth and its practices and whatnot. I viewed the three years as a massive paid uh, test of telehealth. Uh, It was a pilot of telehealth, if you will. Now, we had piloted telehealth across the health systems prior to this, but it was an opportunity to really scale it, really scale it up, see how it works. And now I think from a health system perspective, you will keep an eye on how CMS is gonna fund this as well as the commercial payers. What are they gonna fund, what are they not? You always have to keep an eye on that because you, you have to deliver services that are gonna be funded. But on the flip side, we should have our own data at this point. What did drive access up? What did drive costs down? We should have some of that data. And if we don't have that data, we should, we 
we do have that data. It's in there somewhere, and we should be extracting that data and trying to determine what delivered value for our community, what delivered value for our physicians, what delivered value for our patients, and determine what that value is, and is that value worth continuing those programs that aren't directly funded? Because potentially that is the case. That is what we need the data for, and that's what is what we should use the data for. Uh, as far as the hospital at home initiatives, that's going to continue to grow. The cost of growing out and maintaining these campuses, these acute care campuses, is is too high. It's too high for the cost of healthcare that can be passed along to the patients. And so we have to continue to seek alternative venues of care that are going to drive down the overall cost of delivering care to our communities and to our country, right? The the amount of healthcare dollars going to GDP is untenable. Now we can we can talk about all the reasons and all the inefficiencies that exist that are driving that. And if you know if you want to know more about that, what I would suggest is you go subscribe to A Healthcare Z and get your healthcare finance education from Dr. Eric Bricker. He does a phenomenal job in breaking this down. Where are the inefficiencies? Where are the just flat out things that make you scratch your head and go, why the heck does that exist? I know people think it's just an easy fix. Just, just you know, if we only went to this one thing, all of healthcare in the United States would be good. And then they compare us to these other countries, which are, you know, a quarter of our size, if not a, a tenth of our size. And they say, well, if, if it works for them, it'll work for us. Well, that, that may be true, it may, but there's an awful lot of, of inefficiencies, middlemen and other just downright odd things within our health system and how things are paid for and whatnot that really need to be looked at, really need to be addressed. And uh, Dr. Bricker does a good job of breaking that stuff down. So from a healthcare IT perspective, if I were a CIO today, I would have the data I would have extracted the data all along the way. And if I haven't already, I would be doing it right now. I'd be doing it in partnership with our CMO and our CMIO and saying, okay, what does this mean? What is not gonna get funded moving forward in the future? Do we wanna discontinue that work or do we wanna continue that work? And let's base it on the data. Let's look at the data. Let's give the data to the executive team so that they can make good decisions around that. That's all for today. If you know of someone that might benefit from our channel, you could do us a great favor and shoot them a note. Let them know that you are listening to the show and that they can subscribe wherever they listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher. You get the picture. We're everywhere. And if you can't find us there, go ahead to our website, thisweekhealth.com. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com dot com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.